Hi, everyone, and welcome back to How to College for First Gen, our podcast where we get together with fellow first gens to have discussions on what it's like to be among the first in your family to embark on this journey of college. My name is Norma Torres Mendoza, and I'm super excited to be with you all today to talk about networking. Now, I know for some of you, the concept of networking might seem extremely transactional, right? Like, I'm trying to get something from you and you're trying to get something from me. But in today's episode, I actually want to pull the curtains back and have a real discussion on what it means to build a network, but also what it means to take that network and translate it into meaningful connections that are going to be helpful, not just for high school and college, but for the rest of your life. And how you can actually go from having this one-on-one touch points to actually becoming even friends with some of the people in your network later on. So first, we're going to hear from high school student Johnny, who has many, many networks in his life. He has his church network, his high school network, he works, and he also has a fellowship. And he'll talk a little bit about how he has leveraged those connections and how he has been able to make meaningful relationships out of them. And then we'll talk to Megan, who just graduated from college, about how she was able to make different connections that ultimately helped her land internships, but also long-life mentors that she now considers close friends. She'll give you some very, very practical advice about how to use LinkedIn, how to use social media, and how to go from making those individual touch points to making sure that those turn into relationships for the long term. I'm really excited about this episode since I believe that connections with people are probably one of the most important things we have in this world. So stay tuned and take a listen to what our guests have to say today. Let's get started. Hi, Johnny. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm very excited today because today's a special day. I've been in high school for four years and I'm graduating. Oh my goodness. Congratulations. Thank you so much for being with us today. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? My name is Juan Garibay. I was born and raised here in Houston, Texas. I am a graduating senior at Belair High School. I'm going to Northeastern University in Boston, Massachusetts. Well, get ready for those winters because they are gruesome, Johnny. So tell our audience a bit about how you learned you were a first-generation college student. When I started high school, the talks about colleges started to begin. And I told my mom, here's the plan. When I go through high school, I'm going to go through a college, university. It could be the community college or it could be one of those high top colleges. And my mom didn't know anything about colleges because no one in my family, including my grandparents, my great grandparents, my cousins, my aunts, my uncles, no one in my family has gone through college. I didn't know the term first-generation student at the time, but later on, you would see that an organization that helped me identify myself that I was a first-generation student. Well, Johnny, this is such an exciting time. So I imagine that there were a lot of different networks and people that supported you becoming a first-generation college student, which you're about to become this fall. So tell me first, how would you define a network? Networking and network, there are two different definitions that I have. So networking would be like the practice of communicating and connecting to a group of people that you have not made a connection with. For example, just like acquaintance, people you have seen in the hallway, 
you would talk to them like for example you share a favorite movie or you share a special skill like knowing the alphabet backwards that would be some way of networking and a network itself would be a web of people that you have connected and established some sort of professional relationship like your supplier or customer if you're owning a restaurant or managing a restaurant one of the biggest tools to having a big network and the practice of networking would be LinkedIn, which is an amazing app that I so use. And you happen to have quite a bit of networks because you obviously have people in your high school. You have a program called Emerge that you're part of. You also work. So you also have people in those networks. So tell me a little bit about each one of those that I just described. I would start with Emerge because Emerge has been the number one that has established my network and helped me build my network. Emerge is a community-based program that helps first-generation students or low-income students to learn and master the college experience, meaning that they help how to apply to colleges and during your college career. Emerge is very different from the other networks I have because they have types of activities that promote networking. For example, I was in a Boston summer trip with our Boston cohort, and we were in this perfectly squared room, and we were just looking at each other. During this activity, the leader would say a series of questions, and if it applied to you, you would step up to it. For example, did you ever had a night without eating dinner that was due to you didn't have food, money, or time? And a lot of people stepped up. And it was just a very emotional experience because a lot of people got to learn from each other. And then after that, that's where the real network started because we started talking to each other. And that was a very special moment. And also Emerge offers other opportunities like being a photo ambassador. I got to learn a lot of like photography skills. And I was thankful that they gave me like a camera to take pictures during that Boston summer trip. They also have a mentor mentee program where they connect you with an actual professional in either like the oil industry or finance. Shout out to Jesus Terrones for being my mentor in that program. I remember during the boot camp where they just put us in a group. We don't even know these people. This is our first time meeting them. And under two days, we already feel like they're family because that's how good emerges with networking. I love everything that you are describing. Let's hone in a little bit on this relationship with Jesus. He is your mentor. So oftentimes your network begins just with an introduction. Here's who I am. Here's who you are. But then how did you build that actual relationship with Jesus? Because it could have become very transactional, like question advice. So tell me a little bit about how you build that relationship and what that relationship is like. Unfortunately, Jesus and I, we have only met two times out of the whole school year. And that's because COVID really messed things up. This program was meant for like a one-on-one, do like an actual job shadowing with him. But I would still consider him in my network because even though we don't talk a lot during voice, we still text each other. And it is kind of like a personal relationship because during my church, I gave a testimony during like my high school years and how Christ has been through my life. And I texted him, you should come to see my testimony. But unfortunately, he was busy during that day because he had the oil industry does give you a lot of work to do. So I sent him a link and... And we talked about it. We talked how the testimony was great. The one thing that I still regret is that I needed to connect with him more and push him to talk to him a little bit more. And I think our relationship would have gone to the next level. 
but it's also not too late because even though you are technically through this official pairing of mentee mentor the most important part of your network is that you continue to keep up with them wherever you are so the relationship is not over the time's not over you still are able to do that and I like that you took the initiative to send him something the link even though he wasn't able to attend because it gives you something to talk about the next time you see each other That was very smart and very wise from your side. And it's a good strategy to build your network. So what about in your high school? Maybe you have someone that entered your network as a teacher, but then became a lot more like an advisor for you. Yes, I have like two teachers that I have that type of relationship. I'm part of a club called Business Professionals of America. They also teach me how to use my interpersonal skills in order to expand my network. There's a thing that we call the ramen room, and we just sell a lot of snacks. It's a great option for students to eat because school lunches are not the best. And the advisor there, her name is Elizabeth Kelm. During that first year of being in that club, I wasn't an officer, but I still talked about her, gave her a little bit of my story because I couldn't pay the club dude, which was around 35 bucks because it was like the competition registration. We have an annual competition hosted by the national chapter where we go to different parts of the country. And I told her my story that I was a low-income student. My mom is a single mother. We cannot afford this club to What can I do? And she's like, no problem. I understand your story. I was once in your situation. So I'm going to wave that club do. During the second year of being part of that club, I became the vice president and I grew with her even more, talking how we can expand the club, how we can make the ramen room a little bit more efficient. And then during my senior year, all online, all virtual, until the second semester, I had a chance to see her again face to face and we were able to open up the ramen room. It wasn't the same as before, but it's still a handful of people came by. During that time, it was just me and her just talking and talking and talking. Slowly, she became from being an advisor from that club to being an actual advisor of my life in my high school career. I think that the way this relationship began is because you were vulnerable and you were honest. You were saying, hey, I want to be part of this activity, but we can't afford it. Is there anything I can do? And so I think that a lot of the times that is how relationships begin with honesty and with saying, this is my situation. How do we help and support each other? As your years in high school went by, she obviously saw you grow and she saw you develop new skills. And then I'm guessing you also asked her for a letter of recommendation. Yes, I did. And she was honored to do it. And I'm very thankful for that. Yes. And I love that because that's usually how it works, right? Like you develop a relationship, not just as an advisor, but as a human being. And I've been on the side, right, where I've written letters of recommendation for people. And we oftentimes feel so excited to do that because we feel like we are part of the story and part of the success. So I think that's a great example of how you begin a connection through your network and build a meaningful relationship. So how do you plan to keep in touch with her now that you're going off to college? It's difficult, and especially right now, because Belair just got a new building, which unfortunately I cannot enjoy because I'm going out as a senior. But I still plan to keep in contact with her through email and phone number. Basically, it would be like a long distance professional relationship, but I'm still looking forward to talk to her and look at the club itself. If it's doing as good as before or if it's doing bad, then I would like intervene and give some advice to the officers that are there. 
So that sounds great because you're saying a couple of things. You're going to email, which is very easy to do. Like, here's how I'm doing. Here's how my classes are going. And then you're also thinking about the investment that you have done to your high school through this club and even how now you can give back. And I think that's how you continue a relationship. It's a two-way stream of like updates, but also here's what I can do. And then you never know. She might be able to connect you to different opportunities for internships for college. And that's how it evolves from there. Johnny, let me ask you something. It sounds like you are an extrovert individual. How do you get over that fear of, for example, when you told her, hey, we can't afford this. So tell me a little bit about why you were able to open up and if you were afraid to do so. I think if you're interested in this, like, for example, the competition, I was very interested in doing the competition. And unfortunately, that do was the barrier. So I had to overcome it. So, Johnny, there's a lot of our high school students that are listening to us, and some of them are very introverted and even shy, and maybe I would even say ashamed of the backgrounds that they come from and that they might not be able to afford a club fee. Tell me a little bit about what goes through your mind as you are opening up yourself to this individual. And the reason, Johnny, why this is important is because I believe that this openness and vulnerability is really how you begin to make connections, because now people know so much more about you you and because they know much more they can help tell me a little bit about like if you were scared why you thought it was okay to open up or anything along those lines I'm the type of person that doesn't get shy or scared or even embarrassed for sharing their story because I think some people can even learn from my story I would say that passion and a high point of interest would initiate that confidence to share your story to ask them something, to even ask them a letter of recommendation, because you really want that. You really want that because you know that that's going to improve your life. And sometimes you have to take risks. It's like the stock market. If you think that this stock is not going to go high, and even though it is showing some indicators that it's going to go high, you're not going to invest in it. Later on, you're going to see that it went high. So taking those risks and being confident and putting that story in order to invest for a better future would be something that the, the spark in me to share my story. That's great. I did not know you knew about the stock market and I did not learn about the stock market until I went to business school. So number one, that front, I'm very impressed. And the second front, I think what you're saying is extremely important because you are taking a risk. You could share your story and people could just disregard it. People could just ignore it or there would be some maybe some people that would even look down on our stories. And you're right, it, it is a risk. And I think what I'm hearing you say is that the reward is that much greater because now you can actually begin to build a relationship. So now that you're going off to college, Johnny, tell me a little bit about if you have a plan on how you're going to continue to build your network as you transition to a whole new place now. Another part of my network would be my church. Shout out to First Presbyterian Church of Houston. They've been amazing throughout my last two years of middle school and then throughout my high school career. Sorry for getting religious, but the main part of being a Christian is having that Christian community and connecting with each other. That's exactly what a network does, staying within your community and connecting with each other and also meeting other people. My leaders and I have been recently talking about this, how college is another step in my life that can determine whether you want to step forward in your Christian life or you're going to focus on your academics. And I think how I'm still going to keep in contact with them would be weekly check-ins. How am I doing? If I have found my Christian community in Northeastern University, have I read my Bible or have I read a chapter of the Bible? Those weekly check-ins would be how I would still keep in contact with that network right there. 
I really like what you're saying because similarly, you are building this network via an activity, right? So like this is weekly check-ins and reading your Bible every day or like on a weekly basis and then chatting about it, whether it's religion or whether it's anything else. I think if you have something in common, you can continue that trend going forward. And then tell me a little bit about your job because you also have another network, right? So, so far we've covered your Emerge network, your high school network, your church network, and now you also have worked. So tell me a little bit about where you work and if you have been able to build any networks from there. So I work at Little Mats and it's located in West University. The people that are familiar with West University is it's like this rich neighborhood where you have like doctors. Sometimes you have football players, senators, politicians that live in this community. I'm around a lot of like rich people and professional people, I would say. This network is kind of separated into two, the people that I actually work with and then the people that are regular customers. So the first part would be my manager, Tim Myers, and the owner of the restaurant, Bill Lillard. I have a little bit more of a connection with Bill Lillard because he goes to my church. Throughout this like two and a half years that I've been working with Little Bat, I have built my relationship with Tim Myers. I kind of think like my job, like the office, because we kind of joke around, even though we should be working. But then sometimes when it's busy, we actually do the work. And I think through having those conversations when it's busy, sometimes we have like two cooks and we only have like two people in the front of the restaurant. So it is kind of hard of managing 200 people coming at the same time. Going through those like hard times really built our relationship. And the second part of that network would be like the regular customers. There's this guy, his name is Bill. He always comes in. He's a very happy man. He was like a war veteran. He shares his stories about the war. And then his son goes to a college in Boston. So he also shares stories about Boston. And he asked me where Northeastern was because he wasn't familiar about it. And he's an amazing dude. I have learned a lot from him. Other customers, he's like this computer programmer. I used to be very interested in computing programming, but it's a lot of algorithms to think about. He built a program over, I think, investing stocks or how to choose stocks due to their trend and news about it. And he told me how this program worked and why it works. That's an amazing part of my network because I'm learning from another perspective that I didn't even know about, like coding a program in order to choose the right stock or promoting the right stock. And that's from this little restaurant that's in this small community in this large city. So Johnny, I am picking up here that anywhere you go and anything you do, and maybe you don't do it intentionally, but I'm guessing in your brain, you look around and you think everybody in here is a human being with their own stories and connections. And I think you come at it from a place of curiosity. And I think that's why you've been able to build such a strong network all throughout because you probably ask questions. You probably want to know about this veteran and his war stories or even this individual that's a coder and what he's coding about. So I am guessing that you are a conversationalist. You like to meet people and you like to hear their stories. Yes. And I learned that from a coworker. His name is Thomas Howard. I kind of respect him as a brother because throughout these two years, even though it is kind of like a short time, he has supported me as well. Sometimes when my mom's car is not working, he gives me rides to work. He's a Christian himself, so he also talks about God and Christianity. So I learned a lot of those interpersonal skills and one-on-one talks with the customers through him. And then I kind of took my own spin with my own interests, like the office, the stock market, journalism. And all these bunch of crazy references that I know myself. And that's how I built my network through my job. 
Yeah, I think that's really great. And I don't know many 18-year-olds, Johnny, that know how to do that really well. So as you can imagine, I'm extremely impressed by you. And I think that you will continue to build this network as you go and wherever you go. Because like I mentioned, I think you see every room, every space, every ecosystem that you navigate as an opportunity to meet people. And what I like about what you're saying, Johnny, is that you are not thinking, what can I get out of them? Which is, I think, oftentimes a mistake when people begin to build their network. Oftentimes people think it's a transaction and they're there to get something as opposed to you saying, I just want to know who you are. And I am just interested to build a relationship with you. So I think that's very powerful. As we wrap up here, Johnny, and as we let you go graduate, tell me, do you have any tips or advice for any other first gen students that are trying to build their network, especially high school students? I think you really hit an amazing point about not looking what you can get out of this relationship. That is something that I really take personally because I used to be a very cynical person. Like if I was the old Johnny and, for example, the Jesus Tyrone's relationship, I wouldn't meet with him because we didn't talk a lot or what could I get out of the relationship. But I still have the curiosity to meet him and to connect with him. That's one of the tips for the listeners right here. Don't be cynical and just say, well, what can I get out of this relationship? Is it beneficial to me? Is it a waste of time? Everything that you do in life, it has a purpose and a meaning. If you want to do this, you're doing it because you're doing it for your future and you're improving it. And then another tip that I would give to the listeners is don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of sharing your story. Don't be afraid of saying, oh, these people are going to shame me because I'm the person that I am. I go to a church that's just a bunch of white people and rich. And I'm this uh, first generation kid that's poor. But still, we're still connected through having the same religion and having the same interests. Don't be afraid of sharing that story because other people can learn from it. And it could be that little piece of investment that is going to increase. That's going to make your life a little bit more better. So with that, I think that's a great ending to this segment of our episode, Johnny. We thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. We're all very excited for you and we hope today is a wonderful day and that you take a time to reflect on everything you've done, to hit this milestone and everything that is yet to come. We can't wait to have you back and thank you so much. Thank you and have an amazing year. Now we will transition over to Megan, who is a student at the University of Alabama. Hi, Megan. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Norma. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Why don't you begin by introducing yourself to our audience? Hello, everybody. My name is Megan Wilson. I am a recent first-gen college grad, and I graduated from the University of Alabama with my bachelor's and master's in marketing through the Accelerated Master's Program with minors in advertising and a specialization in digital and social media. I was actually born here in Alabama in Northport, which is north of Tuscaloosa, which is where the university sits. So didn't go too far from home, but I did grow up moving around a little bit. I lived in West Virginia for a while. My parents now live in Pittsburgh, so bouncing around a little bit. I did grow up and live here as well in Lakeview McCullough area. Well, congratulations on becoming now a first-gen college graduate. Thank you very much. So take me down memory lane. Do you remember the first time that you learned that you would be a first-generation college student? I actually didn't learn that I was a first-gen student until my sophomore year of college, so pretty late in the game to learn that. I didn't know the term first-generation college student in high school at all, and not really my freshman year either. 
My best friend, shout out Taylor Robertson, she is also a first-generation college graduate. She had mentioned her wanting to start an organization for first-gen students, and she asked if my parents had graduated college or went to college, and I said, no, they did not. I said, my aunt graduated a few years ago, and she said, well, that doesn't really count. So, no, you are first-generation. Would you like to help you know, start this organization on the University of Alabama's campus? And I said, heck, yeah. So, I didn't really realize and like, grasp on to that identity until spring of my sophomore year of college. I was at a little bit of a disadvantage just because I didn't know what that term was. So I didn't apply for any of those first-generation scholarships or those first-generation extra help or aid or guidance until it was kind of too late where I kind of figured everything out anyway. I think oftentimes because of where we come from in our backgrounds, we don't even have the correct terminology to be able to label this. It's really, really important for all of our first gens listening out there to understand that if their parents did not go to college, that would essentially make them first gen college students. And like you mentioned, that allows them to apply to many, many opportunities out there. Yes, for sure. And my parents did go to college. They didn't finish. My dad's actually really close to finishing, but he didn't finish. And so I came in, I still had that mentality of like kind of figured out everything and did everything, you know, on my own, which is that first generation experience of crossing your fingers and getting through it, hoping for the best. And because of that, mentorship's a huge pillar of mine. I wouldn't be where I am without the mentors that I have had in the past. And I want to make sure that I'm a mentor to, you know, those coming up because I didn't know what was going on. So I want to make sure other people do know what's going on when they get to this point. I love that. So let's dig in there. Our episode today is about building your network and building relationships that are meaningful and that become a mentorship relationships, as you just mentioned. So let's begin perhaps in step one. How do you define your network? Do you have a personal network, a professional network, or are they intertwined? I would definitely say they're intertwined. I do see some connections that's more personal and some more professional, but I think whether personal or professional, they can provide you with benefits. They might be different and they might look very different in what those benefits are and what the people are. My freshman year of college, I pledged a professional business fraternity, aka Alpha Row, if any of my bros are listening. In our pledgeship, I like to call it a professionals and boot camp. And that was when I first heard the term network. When you're in a professional business fraternity like that, they start out as professional connections and you have this professional network, but obviously with the brotherhood, they become your friends. And now it's more of a personal and professional. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I know if I ever needed something, I can reach out to my network. And I try and take that approach with my professional connections that obviously weren't AKSI. Befriend them and let them know that if they ever need anything, I can be there for them to let me know because I had that more brotherly, quote unquote, approach to networking. That's how I was taught to approach it. I think it's great to have them intertwined. And I think it's also good to have more camaraderie with your network. We're all trying to get the same things done. So having connections that you can trust like a brother is super important. Definitely. I think trust is a big part of it. Why don't you give me an example of one of the mentors that has supported your educational journey? How did they become part of your network, number one? And then number two, how were you able to foster that relationship so that it translated just from an acquaintance in your network to a mentor in your network? I will, for this example, use Alexa Sabler. She's not a college student, but she is an NFL agent. If anyone knows the name Kenny Stabler, it is his daughter. Kenny Stabler is an NFL Hall of Famer. I worked at the University of Alabama Athletics Department, full tide. I got an internship with Alexa through one of my bosses at work. 
And this was right when COVID hit. So at the point that Alexa reached out to me, I had kind of accepted that I wasn't doing an internship last summer because we were in the middle of COVID and we had no idea what was really going on. She had reached out and asked for a marketing and social media intern. I said, sure, why not? I'll be sitting here doing nothing anyway. I began working with her and for her and we would do calls every so often, obviously going over work, but I would keep her updated and everything going on personally. And she became one of my mentors. I definitely look up to her. She had to hustle for a lot and she offers the support and words of encouragement that I definitely need from time to time. I can be really hard on myself. So she reminds me, you're doing great. Obviously, graduating college in the middle of the pandemic isn't ideal. So you're doing good for what the situation is at the time. She became a mentor to me because of my work at the University of Alabama Athletics Department and my amazing mentors there as well. In sports business, you spend a lot of time with each other. Business hours are insane because you're at all of these baseball, softball, basketball games. You spend a lot of extra time outside the office with these people. And so you create this bond. They also just bestow such great wisdom and really help out the students and develop them to work in sports or even outside of sports. Without them, I wouldn't be with where I am now. But because, you know, I created that relationship with my bosses and created such a good networking bond, they recommended me to Alexa. You never know who someone else knows, and that's a huge thing with networking. So it's always important to be kind and do your best work for people. Yeah, and I want to highlight, they trusted you, and you kept up with that relationship. So it wasn't just like, hey, I exist, but it was like, hi, I'm here. Let me tell you what I've been up to since we last met. And that way, they were able to connect you to more opportunities. So how did you make that a two-way relationship? Because it sounds like this mentor was able to connect you to many jobs and many opportunities. But how did you help the other person on the other side? So once COVID hit, I did a huge networking event in April with sports professionals. And that event was awesome. It set up a ton of different, almost like little Zoom webinars. At the time, Zoom was super new. Zoom webinars where you got to talk with people and they gave networking advice. And they really focused on this two-way conversation with your connection. Don't just leave them hanging. Don't talk with them one time and then only communicate with them when you need something or you need a job or you need a recommendation. Ask them you know, how they are randomly throughout the year. Ask them how their family's doing if they have one, that type of stuff. And so I realized that I was doing all this networking outside of the department. And I was like, you know, I haven't talked to you in a while. My boss at the athletic department. So I reached out and I just set up catch-up Zooms asking how the office has been, you know, what kind of work they've been up to since COVID hit. Everything got put on pause. So I made sure I reached out and just asked for some catch-up calls. It wasn't anything we had to talk about. I had a couple of questions I wanted to ask them, like, what do you recommend I be working on right now? What do you recommend that I be striving and trying to build? What skills do you recommend me work on in this time where everyone's at home? That helped because I kept relevant. Also at the time, I was an intern interviewing to be promoted. So they were also reaching out to me about you know updates regarding that. Unfortunately, I didn't get to be promoted until January, but I stayed in touch with them from May to December. That two-week communication, because I would always reach out and be like, hey, you know, what's going on? How are you? Just wanted to check in. And just being present and being mindful of who you're connected to. You're scrolling through Twitter or LinkedIn. You're like, hey, you know what? I haven't talked to them in a while. Send them a LinkedIn message. Email them if you have their email address. Text them if you have their number, that type of thing. Just like a quick, hey, thinking about you. Hope you're doing well type of thing. And that really sets up an organic and genuine stream of communication. You do need something later down the road and you do need a little favor if you need a recommendation or if you just want some insight on something. They're more willing to because you're not just coming out of the blue. You haven't talked to them in a year. 
I love what you're saying because at the core of your message here is care about people for people, not because what they can do for you now or in the future. Really, truly be genuinely interested on what they do and also their families. I think you mentioned that at the beginning of your sentence, right? Like I always write down how many kids they have, where they go to school. That way when I pick up, I can always remember the specific children's name. So I think that's super critical. And I guess a lot of your job, your future job, and all your internships have so much to do with relationships. I guess that's how people make connections in your industry. Yes, that would be correct. It's not ideal, but it is really about who you know and where they're at at the time. Learning that super early was helpful. So I know that's, you know, how the industry runs. But yeah, just keeping like mental notes or just keeping notes about specifics about people. I know people who hosted a ton of different schools. And if you follow baseball, regionals was last weekend. Super regionals is this weekend that we're recording this. And so I know people working at these schools that are hosting postseason baseball. So I, you know, reached out and was like, hey, like good luck this weekend. Hope everything goes smoothly. I know hosting events at your school can be a lot, but you know, wishing you the best. Not a lot of effort, but it means a lot. And that keeps that connection open with them. Definitely just caring and, you know, keeping things in mind. If something happens at a school, reaching out and you're like, hey, like if you need anything, let me know you're doing great. That type of stuff. I love your snippy, quick messages because you're right. They mean so much to the receiver and it costs nothing on our side. And it shows that we care. I do want to hone in a little bit on a statement you just made, which is it's not how it should be, but it is. And I am wondering for a lot of our first gen listeners, oftentimes we do not come with this networks through our families. It's not our parents that connect us to jobs and opportunities, but it's a network that we've had to build over time. You seem to be quite of an extrovert. I'm wondering if you ever get scared, like reaching out to someone and how do you tame your nerves when you are going to meet someone for the first time? It's funny you say I'm an extrovert. I'm definitely more of an introvert, but I get excited about this type of stuff. I totally get not having a network. I didn't come into a network. My parents, they're not like C-level executives at some huge company. So my network was built by me. I do this thing Everyone at Alpha Row knows that I do this. I talk about it in a lot of our panels is in a professional setting, everyone, you know, wants to get hired. They want a good job. They want to, you know, meet new people. And so everyone's on that same path. And so I think I just keep that mindset when reaching out and trying to build this network. When reaching out to new people, I always think if they don't answer, it's not the biggest deal. They're busy. They could have a huge to list today and my message came in just at the wrong time. It's nothing personal against me. It's just that they're busy and they have work. And, you know, most of the time I do my networking on LinkedIn through DMs. Not everyone checks LinkedIn every day. I do, but some people don't. I have connection requests that build up. And sometimes your connection request just gets lost in the pile, which is fine. It happens. So I think I just take this like non-personal attitude when doing networking, because even if it comes back and you end up meeting this person like actually in person, you connect with them and it shows that you message them. It doesn't come across as bad. It just looks as if you were just trying to get some advice or asking for some help on something. Trying to learn and build is never looked down or frowned upon. I really do try and keep that mindset say I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. If I wanted to work for the Steelers, I would search Steelers marketing and look at people who work in the marketing department at the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'll just connect with them, attach a small note. Sometimes they answer, sometimes they don't. But if I ever go work for the Steelers and actually meet these people, it's not going to come back poorly on me if we actually do connect one day and they didn't answer. It only looks good on you because you were trying to connect months ago, years ago, however long it takes you to get to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know it's really daunting. It's really scary, the idea that someone not answer you or someone leaves you hanging like that. But you get used to it after a while and it never hurts to put yourself out there. 
that's what I would recommend. It's way easier said than done. And I've been doing it for a few years now. So it's even easier for me to say, but it's okay for it to feel daunting. I love that you said, though, that it's nothing personal, because I think oftentimes we think the world revolves around us. And we think, well, that person didn't answer me for three months. But in reality, they have so much going on. And it happens to me on the other side, where people send me LinkedIn requests that want to join my company. And I try to answer as many as possible, because I have this mentality of climbing and building as we go. And because I know what it's like not to come in with this network for my family. But life happens, right? And so it's totally okay that people don't respond automatically. So tell me about someone that you did meet through LinkedIn that then you met in person and it actually became a very meaningful connection for you. Unfortunately, because last year I haven't done a lot of meeting in person, but I have met some people that I still keep up with very regularly. I would consider friends now. Hopefully once the world reopens a little bit, I can actually meet them in person. But not only networking with people who work at a company and who are older than you, who are working, but also with people that are your age because they're also in the same spot you are and an opportunity might fall in their lap that isn't right for them, but they would more than happy to pass along to you. I know that's a huge thing in sports, but I think it's important in all industries to really talk with people who are your age because they know people too, and they are in a different space than you. So they could know opportunities or different people that could be more beneficial to you. So the two examples I'm going to give are actually people who are my age. LinkedIn is a good place for networking. I do most of it on there, but Twitter is also an excellent place if you're in a professional space. Love networking on social. But one of my good friends, she actually founded Latinx Sports. Me and her got connected through Twitter. I just sent her a DM. This is before she founded Latinx Sports. I was like, hey, I just love your work. I would love to connect with you and just have a call. We FaceTimed last summer and we keep up pretty well. I'm hoping to go visit her in Chicago pretty soon. She now works for US Soccer and Fan Experience, which is super awesome. Another one of my good friends, she actually just graduated from Pitt. I met with her with a huge networking event last year. She interned with the Pittsburgh Penguins last semester. It was a virtual internship. I really wanted to intern with the Penguins. I heard such great things and reached out to her and said, hey, do you know if the internships in the fall are going to be virtual or in person? Because at the time, everything was still up in the air. She said, I don't know. Let me ask. And she sent me just the person in charge of the internship program, their contact information. So I then got a direct into the Penguins and could email that person and ask questions about different departments approach to the fall internship. I actually ended up getting hired and worked for the Pittsburgh Penguins last fall. So she definitely gave an in. That really helped me and added a really great line to my resume. I keep up with her and she actually wants to GA for a big SEC school. She just graduated from one. We've been like talking back and forth about different things. So those are two examples. I really appreciate their connections and really admire both of them and their work. So what I really like about your examples is that they began with a very simple message like, hey, I like what you're doing. A note about how you've obviously done research of who they are. And then you continue the two-way conversation of, have you read this article? I think you would be interested on this. And then you follow up with, here are my interests in the professional world. Then you say, by the way, there's this role that I saw opened up at your company. Would you mind connecting me to the right people? This ties very nicely to what you said originally, that you didn't just go with an ask, but you built a meaningful relationship over many steps. Steps. And the point here is networking and building a network takes time. And it's something that you cultivate 
Yes, and definitely starting with just those simple messages. I just noticed their work or their name kept popping up on my Twitter and LinkedIn. And I was like, I want to meet these people or at least say hi. Start a somewhat of a conversation. And it worked out really well. And you never know who you're going to reach out to if that person could be like a pivotal person in your network. They could end up doing something huge for you down the road and you have no idea, which is so cool. You never know who you're going to meet and what they're going to do. Not only for you, but themselves. They might go change the world. And you're like, I knew them way back when because I DM'd her on Twitter. That's awesome. So I know that you just graduated and that you are going through the full time process of getting a job. So if you could give us some tips on how you have been able to leverage your network as you are now looking for full time opportunities. Looking for a full time job in this season is difficult. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Sometimes your network's not going to hold up. Sometimes they, you know, will create bridges for you. Even though you know someone in the company doesn't mean that they're going to like move mountains and get you a job. So for applying for jobs, I will always look through different job boards for sports specifically because I want to work in sports business, which is teamwork online, different sports teams websites. Some teams aren't hooked up to teamwork online yet. So I'll look through there. I'll start jobs that I like. If I do like them, I will obviously apply, send in everything. If I already know someone at the company or at the team, league, whatever, I will let them know, hey, I applied for this job. I have a rule with myself to never ask for a recommendation or anything. I will never ask that. But I will ask if they have a person I could reach out to. That way I can do the connecting myself and I'm not asking for time of someone else's and asking that big of a favor. So I always ask for someone specific to reach out to if they could send me their contact info and I could connect with them personally. Sometimes your network person will actually do that for you. Be like, oh, like I know the person, I'll do it. Depends on how strong or how well you know this person. If I don't know anyone at this team or league, company, whatever it may have you, I will go on LinkedIn and did that thing I talked about earlier. I'll look up the company and the department and search and like filter by people. And then all of these people come up who work in that department. You can also do this in HR or talent acquisition for that company. Send them a connection request and attach a note like, hey, I'm so-and-so. I'm a recent graduate of the University of Alabama. I recently applied for this position. Wanted to introduce myself and say hi. And if there's anything else I can provide for you, let me know. Something super sweet and simple. Don't ask like, hey, I applied. Can I have this job? That never looks good. But going through LinkedIn and trying to find these people, you could find it in that you didn't know you really had through social media. That's what I mainly do. And then wait to hear back. I also tell people in my immediate network. So at the time, my boss is at Alabama. I tell them every job I apply for. I talk to Alexa, which I also mentioned earlier. I tell her when I apply for jobs because she's an NFL agent, knows a lot of teams in the NFL. So she, depending on where I apply, will reach out on my behalf, which is very kind of her. And my boss in Alabama will also reach out if they know somebody on my behalf, which is awesome. But that is because I built such a strong connection with them. They trust me and they know them putting their name with me isn't going to go poorly. Be that person that people want to recommend for a job. There are so many things that I want to highlight. One of the key takeaways is doing as much work yourself as opposed to pushing it on someone else. For me, that's super helpful. And then the second thing knowing a specific role that you're applying to. So I made a mistake when I graduated from Harvard from my master's in public policy to just send somebody that I knew at Facebook and just said, oh, I want to work at Facebook. And she said, great, we have so many openings on Facebook. Like I don't even know who to direct you to, which is something that you do very well. You're looking at specific roles and you're saying, I am interested in this. Who should I talk to? Who should I reach out to? So a lot of the onus is on you and not on the other person. 
Is there a last key takeaway from you to our audience on why networking is so important or any last tips that you want to share with us that you're like, if I knew everything that I know today, I would have done things a bit different. My top one is you're never too young or it's never too early to start building your network. Just with networking events or like talking with people that I know or people who are younger, they think just because they're, you know, a freshman or even in high school that they can't because they're not qualified to talk to these people, which is false. You are always qualified to have a conversation with anyone that you want to. You don't have to have a master's degree to go talk with someone who works at the Pittsburgh Steelers, for example. And I've heard a lot of people say, well, I'm only in high school. Like, I don't really have any credential. You don't need a credential to build a network. It's just genuine conversations and asking people how they do it. Asking about their perspective on projects, what they've done, like just telling the story. I love hearing a people's origin story about how they go into sports. Anytime I do an informational interview, I will ask how they got into sports. Everyone's is so different and it's so interesting to hear. I don't need my education to ask that question to somebody. And most people love talking about themselves. If you want to talk with somebody, they're more than happy to talk with anybody about their past experience. So you're never too young. You can start building this network today. You don't have to wait until you're a junior or senior in college or even after college to start building and start meeting and connecting with people. If I knew I was first gen freshman, that would be a game changer. Also, if I started building the network that I really devoted time during COVID to earlier, who knows how many people I would know and how many ends at different companies I would have. So that's one thing I do wish I would have done is start this really hard networking push earlier. You never have too many connections unless they're disingenuine, then it's not a really great connection. That is such a perfect ending to our section. Never too early, never too late. It goes both ways. We thank you so, so much for all the wisdom that you've shared with our guests today. And I just friended you on LinkedIn because I too believe in the power of network. We are really excited for you. And once again, congrats. You did it. You are now a first-gen college graduate. And we look forward to having you later on on the podcast to share more insights. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. All right, folks, so that concludes our episode for today on how to take a network and build meaningful relationships. As we learn from our guests today, building a relationship in a network begins with coming from a place of curiosity. Who are these people? What are they interested in? And if you just begin from that place of curiosity, next thing you know, you will find yourself in an ecosystem with various connections Obviously, some of it is transactional, right? Sometimes you will have to ask for a letter of recommendation, but many of the people in your network will be very excited to do that because all of a sudden, they also feel like they are part of your story. So don't be afraid out there, like Johnny mentioned, to be vulnerable and open up to people because at the end of the day, we're all people with different missions and visions and goals, but We're just human beings inhabiting this earth. So don't be shy. Don't be scared. Like Megan mentioned, you don't need anything, any degrees. It is never too early to start building those connections. I hope that you are able to share with us how you have been able to create your network and your ecosystem. Don't forget to make a connection with us, either through social media, through our website, 
we're always really excited to expand our network and build more connections. Also, if you want to come on the episode, we have a form on our website. We're really excited to hear from all of you. We hope that you have a fabulous summer break and stay tuned for next week's episode, which will be a part two on how to build a network when you move from cities and after college. Stay tuned until next time.